Part two, chapter twelve of the Idiot. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. The Idiot by Fyodor Dostoevsky. Translated by Eva M. Martin. Part two, chapter twelve. It was seven in the evening, and the prince was just preparing to go out for a walk in the park, when suddenly Mrs. Yepanchin appeared on the terrace. "'In the first place, don't dare to suppose,' she began, "'that I am going to apologise. Nonsense! You were entirely to blame.' The prince remained silent were you to blame or not no certainly not no more than yourself though at first i thought i was oh very well let's sit down at all events for i don't intend to stand up all day and remember if you say one word about mischievous urchins i shall go away and break with you altogether now then did you or did you not send a letter to aglaya a couple of months or so ago about eastertide yes what for what was your object show me the letter mrs yepanchin's eyes flashed she was almost trembling with impatience i have not got the letter said the prince timidly extremely surprised at the turn the conversation had taken if any one has it if it still exists aglaya ivanovna must have it no finessing please what did you write about i am not finessing and i am not in the least afraid of telling you but i don't see the slightest reason why i should not have written be quiet you can talk afterwards what was the letter about why are you blushing the prince was silent at last he spoke i don't understand your thoughts lizaveta prokofievna but i can see that the fact of my having written is for some reason repugnant to you you must admit that i have a perfect right to refuse to answer your questions but in order to show you that i am neither ashamed of the letter nor sorry that i wrote it and that i am not in the least inclined to blush about it here the prince's blushes redoubled i will repeat the substance of my letter for i think i know it almost by heart so saying the prince repeated the letter almost word for word as he had written it my goodness what utter twaddle and what may all this nonsense have signified pray if it had any meaning at all said mrs yepanchin cuttingly after having listened with great attention i really don't absolutely know myself i know my feeling was very sincere i had moments at that time full of life and hope what sort of hope it is difficult to explain 
but certainly not the hopes you have in your mind hopes well in a word hopes for the future and a feeling of joy that there at all events i was not entirely a stranger and a foreigner i felt an ecstasy in being in my native land once more and one sunny morning i took up a pen and wrote her that letter but why to her i don't quite know sometimes one longs to have a friend near and i evidently felt the need of one then added the prince and paused are you in love with her N no i wrote to her as to a sister i signed myself her brother oh yes of course on purpose i quite understand it is very painful to me to answer these questions lizabieta prokofievna i dare say it is but that's no affair of mine now then assure me truly as before heaven are you lying to me or not no i am not lying are you telling the truth when you say you are not in love i believe it is the absolute truth i believe indeed did that mischievous urchin give it to her i asked nikolai ardalionovitch the urchin the urchin interrupted lizaveta prokofievna in an angry voice i do not want to know if it were nikolai ardalionovitch the urchin nikolai ardalionovitch the urchin i tell you no it was not the urchin it was nikolai ardalionovitch said the prince very firmly but without raising his voice well all right all right my dear i shall put that down to your account she was silent a moment to get breath and to recover her composure well and what's the meaning of the poor knight hey i don't know in the least i wasn't present when the joke was made it is a joke i suppose and that's all well that's a comfort at all events you don't suppose she could take any interest in you do you why she called you an idiot herself i think you might have spared me that murmured the prince reproachfully almost in a whisper don't be angry she is a wilful mad spoilt girl if she likes a person she will pitch into him and chaff him i used to be just such another but for all that you needn't flatter yourself my boy she is not for you i don't believe it and it is not to be i tell you so at once so that you may take proper precautions now i want to hear you swear that you are not married to that woman lizaveta prokofievna what are you thinking of cried the prince almost leaping to his feet in amazement why you very nearly were anyhow yes i nearly was whispered the prince hanging his head well then have you come here for her are you in love with her with that creature 
i did not come to marry at all replied the prince is there anything you hold sacred there is then swear by it that you did not come here to marry her i'll swear it by whatever you please i believe you you may kiss me i breathe freely at last but you must know my dear friend aglaya does not love you and she shall never be your wife while i am out of my grave so be warned in time do you hear me yes i hear the prince flushed up so much that he could not look her in the face i have waited for you with the greatest impatience not that you were worth it every night i have drenched my pillow with tears not for you my friend not for you don't flatter yourself i have my own grief always the same always the same but i'll tell you why i have been awaiting you so impatiently because i believe that providence itself sent you to be a friend and a brother to me i haven't a friend in the world except princess bielokonski and she is growing as stupid as a sheep from old age now then tell me yes or no do you know why she called out from her carriage the other night i give you my word of honour that i had nothing to do with the matter and know nothing about it very well i believe you i have my own ideas about it up to yesterday morning i thought it was really evgeny pavlovitch who was to blame now i cannot help agreeing with the others but why he was made such a fool of i cannot understand however he is not going to marry aglaya i can tell you that he may be a very excellent fellow but so it shall be i was not at all sure of accepting him before but now i have quite made up my mind that i won't have him put me in my coffin first and then into my grave and then you may marry my daughter to whomsoever you please so i said to the general this very morning you see how i trust you my boy yes i see and understand mrs epanchin gazed keenly into the prince's eyes she was anxious to see what impression the news as to evgeny pavlovitch had made upon him do you know anything about gavrila ardalionovitch she asked at last oh yes i know a good deal did you know he had communications with aglaya no i didn't said the prince trembling a little and in great agitation you say gavrila ardalionovitch has private communications with aglaya impossible only quite lately his sister has been working like a rat to clear the way for him all the winter i don't believe it said the prince abruptly after a short pause had it been so i should have known long ago oh of course yes he would have come and wept out his secret on your bosom 
oh you simpleton you simpleton anyone can deceive you and take you in like a like a aren't you ashamed to trust him can't you see that he humbugs you just as much as ever he pleases i know very well that he does deceive me occasionally and he knows that i know it but the prince did not finish his sentence and that's why you trust him eh so i should have supposed good lord was there ever such a man as you Pooh! and you are aware sir that this gania or his sister varia have brought her into correspondence with nastasia philipovna brought whom cried muishkin aglaya i don't believe it it's impossible what object could they have he jumped up from his chair in his excitement nor do i believe it in spite of the proofs the girl is self-willed and fantastic and insane she's wicked wicked i'll repeat it for a thousand years that she's wicked they all are just now all my daughters even that wet hen alexandra and yet i don't believe it because i don't choose to believe it perhaps but i don't why haven't you been she turned on the prince suddenly why didn't you come near us all these three days hey the prince began to give his reasons but she interrupted him again everybody takes you in and deceives you you went to town yesterday i dare swear you went down on your knees to that rogue and begged him to accept your ten thousand roubles i never thought of doing any such thing i have not seen him and he is not a rogue in my opinion i have had a letter from him show it to me the prince took a paper from his pocket-book and handed it to lizaveta prokofievna it ran as follows sir in the eyes of the world i am sure that i have no cause for pride or self-esteem i am much too insignificant for that but what may be so to other men's eyes is not so to yours i am convinced that you are better than other people doktorenko disagrees with me but i am content to differ from him on this point i will never accept one single kopeck from you but you have helped my mother and i am bound to be grateful to you for that however weak it may seem at any rate i have changed my opinion about you and i think right to inform you of the fact but i also suppose that there can be no further intercourse between us antip burdovsky p s the two hundred roubles i owe you shall certainly be repaid in time how extremely stupid cried mrs epanchin giving back the letter abruptly it was not worth the trouble of reading why are you smiling confess that you are pleased to have read it what pleased with all that nonsense why cannot you see that they are all infatuated with pride and vanity he has acknowledged himself to be in the wrong 
don't you see that the greater his vanity the more difficult this admission must have been on his part oh what a little child you are lizaveta prokofievna are you tempting me to box your ears for you or what not at all i am only proving that you are glad about the letter why conceal your real feelings you always like to do it never come near my house again cried mrs epanchin pale with rage don't let me see as much as a shadow of you about the place do you hear oh yes and in three days you'll come and invite me yourself aren't you ashamed now these are your best feelings you are only tormenting yourself i'll die before i invite you i shall forget your very name i've forgotten it already she marched towards the door but i'm forbidden your house as it is without your added threats cried the prince after her what who forbade you she turned round so suddenly that one might have supposed a needle had been stuck into her the prince hesitated he perceived that he had said too much now who forbade you cried mrs epanchin once more aglaya ivanovna told me when speak quick she sent to say yesterday morning that i was never to dare to come near the house again lizaveta prokofievna stood like a stone what did she send whom was it that boy was it a message quick i had a note where is it give it here at once the prince thought a moment then he pulled out of his waistcoat pocket an untidy slip of paper on which was scrawled prince lef nikolaevitch if you think fit after all that has passed to honour our house with a visit i can assure you you will not find me among the number of those who are in any way delighted to see you aglaya epanchin mrs epanchin reflected a moment the next minute she flew at the prince seized his hand and dragged him after her to the door quick come along she cried breathless with agitation and impatience come along with me this moment but you declared i wasn't don't be a simpleton you behave just as though you weren't a man at all come on i shall see now with my own eyes i shall see all well let me get my hat at least here's your miserable hat he couldn't even choose a respectable shape for his hat come on she did that because i took your part and said you ought to have come little vixen else she would never have sent you that silly note it's a most improper note i call it most improper for such an intelligent well-brought-up girl to write hmm. i dare say she was annoyed that you didn't come but she ought to have known that one can't write like that to an idiot like you where you'd be sure to take it literally 
mrs yepanchin was dragging the prince along with her all the time and never let go of his hand for an instant what are you listening for she added seeing that she had committed herself a little she wants a clown like you she hasn't seen one for some time to play with that's why she is anxious for you to come to the house and right glad i am that she'll make a thorough good fool of you you deserve it and she can do it oh she can indeed as well as most people end of part two chapter twelve end of part two of the idiot recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey